Well, if you're up on Facebook, we showed you that the particular word we're going to look at here tonight is used 21 times in the New Testament, which is a pretty decent amount. 20 times this word is translated the exact same way. 20 out of 21 times. One time it is translated different. And that is in our text here today in Hebrews chapter 11. This is the only time it is translated mention. So we're going to look into why is it translated differently here? What does that have to do with it, with the meaning? And why did Joseph's act here get him into the Faith Hall of Fame? It's interesting to note that after, if you look at the book of Genesis, the biggest character, of course, there is Abraham. He, he gets most of the coverage. But number two is Joseph. He beats, he beats out his dad, his granddad. He has one quarter of the book is dedicated to the life of Joseph. Which is a pretty good amount. But the writer of Hebrews looks at what is mentioned in two verses. Out of the 13 chapters that are dedicated to him, we look at what he did in two verses. Now, if you're going to take a look at an act of faith that Joseph did, how many of you would go to the last couple of verses in the book of Genesis and look at his request for how he'd be buried? I mean, I can think of a whole lot more things to be looking at in the life of Joseph for faith, but this is the one that he picks. So why is it that he picked this one? What we're going to see here is that if we, if we practice what Joseph did that got him on this list of faith heroes, we will bring a very well-desired trait into our life and one through whom God can bless us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 12, 22. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Now, the word here for made mention gave you the uh, English and the Greek this time. In your, in your outline. It means to remember, to recollect, to recall, to be mindful, or to exercise memory. I like that last one. I got that from a different source. Remember, recollect, recall, be mindful, to exercise memory. What's missing from there? I don't see anywhere in any of the definitions I saw of this word and no one used the word mention. So why would that be? Now in the New Testament, this word generally implies a warning. Most of the time there is a warning that's associated with this particular word. Two of the most glaring examples are in Luke chapter 17 verse 32 when he says, remember Lot's wife. That's a warning. <laughs> remember what happened over there. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5, another warning comes out. Remember therefore from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And the word there for, for remember is our word here. Because 20 of the 21 times this word is translated remember. One, one of those times you could put remember in there and it'd be just fine. They did use a, a maybe just a, something to be a little more wordy. Well, we'll see that here as we, as we go on. Now, the noun form of this particular word is only used once in the New Testament. Only one time do we see it. That's in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 15. It means remembrance or memory there as well. If you pull that up there, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 15. Let's just read it. This is the only noun occurrence that we have of this particular word. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. A reminder. It's the only time we see it as a, in its noun form. So why here in Hebrews do we see this, see the translators use the word mentioned? And it's not just the King James or the New King James. There's actually quite a few translations that use this word mentioned. Well, let's first off go back to what happened here in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 22. So Joseph dwelt in Egypt, he and his father's household, and Joseph lived 110 years. Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation. 
The children of Meir, the son of Manasseh, were also brought up on Joseph's knees. knees. And Joseph said to his brethren, I am dying. But God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. That's the extent of it. And that's really the end of the book of, of Genesis. So he says, first off, God will surely visit you. There is no doubt in Joseph's mind that God will visit him. This is an underlying theme of a lot of the heroes in the book of Hebrews that are mentioned is their assurance of a promise that will come, but not in their lifetime. So he mentions in the book of Hebrews, again, that as he was dying. In other words, he's on his way out. He's not going to see this. But he still was completely assured of what was going to happen. And so he said, God will surely visit you. There's no doubt in his mind. This is what's going to happen. And bring you out of this land. Now right now, if they want to get out of the land, what do they do? They walk out. There's nothing holding them there. If they went up to Pharaoh and they said, we want to leave, he says, appreciate you staying here. Appreciate all the service that you guys get. Um, fine, go ahead. And they can just leave. But notice that Joseph says, God will bring you out. He will bring you out. Why would they need to be brought out? Well, see, Joseph knows the things that God has said and that God would have to, to be bringing them out because it's not going to be quite as favorable. Now, can you imagine Joseph being in this land, being in a position of power, in knowing they're eventually going to imprison these folks here. They're going to keep them here against their will. But God's going to bring them out. They're going to enslave them. But God will eventually set them free. Now, if you're Joseph, I bet you have uh, other desires, for, especially for your kids, than to be raised up in that kind of an atmosphere. But he doesn't do anything to try and pressure them to, to be going, to be leaving. He says, look, God is going to bring, He's going to visit you, and God is going to bring you out of this land. To the land that He swore. The land, not a land. He's going to bring you to the land for which He swore. To the, to the fathers. This is, uh, this is what He promised. This is what He said would go on. He gave a, He gave an oath or He gave a promise to the children of Israel. God gave a, a promise. And he's saying, no, this is going to happen. This is going on. So he, he, gets a, he gets all the children, not just his own kids, he gets all the children of Israel. And not only has God given an oath to them, a promise, sworn, he's, he gets them to give, I want you to give an oath to me. This is what I want. Don't leave me here in this land. I want you to take me, carry me along with you. Don't, don't leave me here. Now here, I don't know if this came from um, uh, the Jewish Jewish folks, but there was apparently a grave that was set up and he wasn't buried. He was up there that, uh, that he could be seen. Now I thought about that. I'm thinking if, if he's not buried, you know, and the Egyptians were very, very much tied into to death. That they honored those that were, that they honored their bodies. They, they could understand that. And when the people are around that are, are friendly with Joseph, and Joseph says, I don't want to be buried, I want this to be set up, I'm sure there's, Joseph, whatever you want. That's, that's fine. But imagine once the people came in who didn't remember Joseph. And once the people came in who no longer treated them as guests, but treated them as prisoners and slaves. And they came upon whatever they had set up for Joseph's grave. What would they have done with, with that? Would they have put some pressure? What is this? You, you need to get rid of this. And if they put any pressure on them, some of them would say, this is uh, Joseph. He was one of the rulers of the land of Egypt. He's why we, we came here. And he made us promise that when we leave, he's going to take us, we're going to take him with him. What do you mean leave? 
who do you all think you are that you're going to go anywhere? No, 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 you're staying right here. Well, if, if that monument that they had set up, that grave, is encouraging them to be thinking about leaving, what would you do if you were the Egyptians? So there had to be some pressure on the people over the years to get rid of that. Because again, they forgot who Joseph was. They're not dealing friendly with Joseph and they're not dealing friendly with the people because they don't remember. They don't remember Joseph. So who defended this? Who who rose up against this? We have nothing. I, I couldn't find anything recorded on this or that anyone was doing, but uh, I'm sure the Egyptians didn't look too kindly to this. But this is what he did. This is what he wanted. That the last thing that he wanted to be dealing with the children of Israel is I want to reaffirm with you that God is going to visit you. He's going to take you out of this land and He's going to lead you to the land that He's promised. This is not the land that He's promised. I know this is not the land that He promised and I want to stay here. Now with the people of Israel that we had seen so far, they were big on being buried back with the people that they know. I mean me? I don't, what's the matter? It's, it's not a big deal. For a lot of us, you know, it's, it's just whatever happens, happens. It's, it's just not a big deal. We don't, we don't give that much concern. But some people might. Other people uh, may not. And it's not a spiritual thing whether you're concerned about it or not concerned about it. It's, uh, it's perfectly fine. If uh, you have a plot and you got all family members there and that's where you want to be buried, good. That's great. You go ahead and be buried there. It's not a lack of faith that you want to be buried there or a presence of faith. It's just a preference. Something that you want to do. If it doesn't matter to you, then uh, you know you go on ahead. And you do it that way. We've had conversations about it before. You know, what do you do with your body? Some people feel that if you're not buried, you're going to be messing with your new body in the, in the end. And uh, that's kind of ridiculous to me because there were people that were burned at the stake. There were people buried at sea. and All this sort of people that eaten by different kind of animals. <laughs> uh, God doesn't care what kind of shape your body is in. If you want to be cremated, that's not against the, the Word of God. If you don't want to be cremated, that's not against the Word of God either. Basically, whatever you want to do is fine. God didn't give any, uh, any uh, orders on that. And if you feel real strong one way or another about one form of burial, then you go for that type of burial that you want to go for. That's perfectly fine. But um, don't impose that on someone else because it doesn't come from the Bible. It's not a viewpoint that God has. And so you just let other people do what they want to do with their bodies and you go on ahead and you do with what you want to do with yours. But that's what he did. So his, his act here is to put this as a, as a display in front of them that I want you to look upon my body. He's not, he's, he's not opting to have his body buried. Even though his, his dad was very passionate about it. And he was even involved in escorting all that whole team out there to make sure that his body got into that grave. I would think that some of that passed off on Joseph, but Joseph bypassed it all. He says, no, I'm not gonna, I don't want you all to carry me on back and do all that. I want you to just leave me here. We'll do the big burial later. Because if he would have been buried, I mean, Egypt would have gotten involved. You would have had Egypt, you would have had Israel, all of them would have been making all kinds of hoopla. If you want, you want to have a big funeral, that would have been a big funeral. But he didn't want it that way. He wanted to do something to, to help these folks to remember what it was that God did. Now what I wanted to do was to take some time and just follow this, this word through the New Testament. So we can get an idea better of how we should understand this this uh, word in this sentence. And so we'll just go back to the book of Matthew. I wrote the references there. You can look up on the screen. You don't have to go with me if you, if you don't want to. I'm going to kind of read some of them fast. It's not hugely important, all the details that are in there. I just want you to see how it's used in the word or in the, in the word it, itself. Matthew 16.9 Do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 and how many baskets you took up? So remember the five loaves and the 5,000. Jesus is saying, don't you remember? Don't you go back and don't you have that recollection of what went on? Mark 8 and 18. Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? 
John 15, verse 20. We already read Luke 17, 32 before. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So, remember the word that I said to you. Remember the word that I said to you. John chapter 16, verse 4. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning, because I was with you. John sixteen twenty one. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born in the world. Acts 20 and verse 31. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Acts 20 and verse 35. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that He said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus. Galatians 2, verse 10. They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to do. Ephesians 2, 11. Therefore remember that you once, that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by the, what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hand. So remember your situation before. Colossians 4, 18. This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains. 1 Thessalonians 1.3 Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 9 For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. We preach to you the gospel of God. 2 Thessalonians 2.5 Do you not remember that when I was still with you I told you these things? 2 Timothy 2.8 Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Hebrews 11 and verse 15 And truly, if they had called to mind the country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. And this is the only time it's not translated remember, but look what they used. Call to mind. What does call to mind mean? Remember. <laughs> they just used a little wordier way to say that. But it's true that they had remembered the, that country from which they had come out. I mean, it fits just as well in there, doesn't it? Hebrews 11.22 is the one we're in here. We don't need to, to read that again. Hebrews 13 and verse 7. And remember, those who rule over you have spoken the word of God to you. Revelations 2.5 we read before. Let's go over to 3 and 3. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch... I will come upon you as a thief. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Revelation 18 verse 5. For her sins have reached the heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. So all the, those are all the times that this word is used. I didn't leave any of them out. I put them all in there so that you could see each one. And each time this word is used, it is a simple, straightforward remember. So how is it that we have one time different. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel. Well, it seems kind of strange. Why do we go go out this way? Well, the reason I spent so much time on this word is I want you to get a good feel of it. This This word is talking about thinking back and remembering. Remembering to a point that is actually having an effect upon your present. Having an effect even upon your future. That I go back and I remember what Jesus said. I remember what Paul had done. I remember the change that Paul is in. I remember these things because it's supposed to have an effect upon me now. It's not just the remembering it's the effect. Don't you remember the loaves and the fish? Don't you remember the, the things that went on there? Doesn't that have an impact on how you're understanding what's going on right now? But then when we come here to Hebrews, and Joseph made mention, 
See, I think it's a horrible translation. I don't understand why the, not just the King, the King James and New King James, but other ones as well. Why they went into this type of a, a way to go. So I spent some time and I read over about 30 different translations to get a, to get a feel of it. And let me, uh, let me give you some of them. Now I'm going to give you some that are kind of borderline, not quite into the made mention. And now first one is the New Century Version. It was by faith that Joseph, while he was dying, spoke about the Israelites leaving Egypt and gave instructions about what to do with his body. Spoke about. Okay. Well, in order to speak about it, you had to do what? You had to remember. Young's literal. By faith, Joseph dying concerning the outgoing of his sons of Israel, of the sons of Israel, did not mention or did make mention and concerning his bones did give command. So when he was dying concerning the outgoing of the sons of Israel did make mention. He made a mention about about them all going out. I'm not quite sure where he's going with that that thing but I don't quite see that that has bearing on what it is that actually had had transpired but that was Young's literal. Now Moffat. How many have ever heard of Moffat's translation? Moffat's translation reads it this way. It was by faith that Joseph at his end thought about the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders about his own bones. Now that's an interesting way to translate that. He thought about the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders about his own bones. This is one I have not heard of before. This is called the conservative translation. Anybody ever heard of that? Like I said, I haven't heard that either. It came up. I wrote it down. This is what it says. By faith, Joseph, while perishing, remembered about the exodus of the sons of Israel and commanded his bones. Now there they use that, the actual word remember. The Amplify. Now I have this in the translation I copied it from. It put this in, um, in brackets. Actuated. I don't know what that means. I didn't bother trying to take time and compare different ones. I'm just letting you know that was there as a bracket. If it changes, if it's a different amplifier, I don't know what it is. But the Amplified reads this way. By faith, Joseph, when nearing the end of his life, referred to the promise of God for the departure of the Israelites out of Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his own bones. Referred to the departure of the, of the Israelites out of Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his own bones. Now here's the here's the real fun one because this guy likes to just tear apart the Greek and really get into it. And this is uh, Kenneth Weist. And if you're wondering why where Williams was in this, Williams went right along with the King James and the New King James and all of them. Um, but this is Weist. By faith, Joseph when coming near to the end of his life, remembered the exodus of the sons of Israel and so gave a command concerning his bones. Now to me, I like that one the best. That's why I read that last. He remembered the exodus of the sons of Israel. Well, it hasn't happened yet, has it? How are you remembering it? How do you remember an event that hasn't happened? He's remembering that God promised it. That God said, I will take you out of here. You're not going to stay here. You're going to be here for a while, but I'm going to take you out. He remembered about the Exodus and then spoke, gave a command concerning his bones. Now, in Joseph's day, remember what chapter are we in? In the, in uh, the story of Joseph, what chapter are we in? Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50 in a timeline comes before Exodus, doesn't it? Yeah, quite a bit. Moses' lifetime is, is uh, quite, a f- quite a few years after, uh, after Joseph dies. There's a, there's a span of time that goes on in there. How many Bibles do you think the children of Israel had in the days of Joseph? They didn't have any Bibles, did they? 
In fact, the book of Genesis won't be written for a few hundred years. All they have are the things that are passed down. That's all they got. So what Joseph does is he gives them something visual. Instead of going along with what his uh, customs are, what his traditions are, what his expectations might have been, he says, I'm going to do something outside of that and I'm going to have you not bury me here in the land of Egypt. But to give me a promise that on the day that God visits you and brings you up out of this land, that you will take my bones and you will carry them with you. And you will take me wherever it is you go. So Joseph, seeing as he had been in with the Egyptians, was embalmed. Mummified, I would imagine. I don't, I don't see why he wouldn't have been. I don't know if that was is there anything against the Jewish belief to have stopped that, but they would have done whatever they could have done uh, to preserve that body. And they would have put that into a um, box, tent, some kind of a monument. Something was set up that people could come there and they could look at this and uh, people could say, why is this here? And they would begin to pass on. These are the bones of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Jacob. And Joseph was brought to the land of Egypt to preserve our people. And God used his wisdom and his foresight to make sure that we had food. And we all came down here into this land and Joseph not only saved our people, he saved the Egyptians. And really he saved the world. The world could have been wiped out by this famine, but they weren't because of what Joseph did. But as much as the Egyptians loved Joseph at that time, as much as he had helped them, they eventually forgot who Joseph was. And they enslaved us. But Joseph, before he died, he remembered all these things. And he remembered the promise of God. And he made us promise that we would not bury him here in Egypt. That we would not go and bury him ahead of time. But that we would wait until God visited us. And God brought us out of this land. And that we would wait to bury him until we came into that land, that promised land. And that we took possession of what God said was ours. And so this would go on at this, at this tomb. After a day of being out and being slaves, having been beaten, having been discouraged, probably every day, you would have somebody new who hadn't heard the story of Joseph. At the end, when, Je- when Moses brought them out, the estimate was anywhere from two to four million people. Somewhere along the line, someone is going to be hearing that story for the first time. And someone has to tell it. And the Jewish people were very good at passing stories down, and they passed them down with every bit of the detail, and that detail was no whisper down the lane. That detail was, was preserved. So time after time this story is told. Time after time people are remembering what has gone on. And more people are hearing. And pretty soon people that never knew Joseph are telling the story of Joseph. And then another generation comes and goes. And then another generation comes and goes. And we're telling a story that's 300 years old. 300 years ago, Joseph died. Can you imagine being one of the children of Israel and hearing that 300 years ago, this man died and he was so assured of the promise of God that he said, don't bury me. But when you go, carry my bones with you. 350 years that story is still being passed down. 400 years, that story is still being passed down. 
And we know it wasn't until year 430 that all of a sudden Moses shows up. And when Moses showed up and said, I'm here, God has called me to visit you because God wants to come into your presence and lead you out and into the promised land. When Moses comes, some people are excited. Some people are not. See, telling that story didn't help everyone. But it helped some. Because, and I, we'll have to wait till we get to heaven because I, I couldn't find anything on this. Some, some people had to do some fighting to keep those bones where they were. I'm sure of it. Because if you were the Egyptians and you wanted these people to be enslaved, why would you want such a beacon of hope? Why would you want that there? No, we're, we're not burying him. We're going to carry him out when we leave. You're not leaving. I know that they, that had to go on. Someone had to stand up and fight to keep that going. To where the Egyptians would see this is going to be more of a problem to take these things away than it is to leave them. And so they left them there for all those years. I'll tell you what, there's got to be a whole lot more of a story to that. But we don't get to be, be privy to those things. So Joseph gave them a Bible and a remembrance. He gave them something to remember the promise of God by. What a, what a great thing for them to have. What a great remembrance. I'm going to read here 2 Timothy 3, but don't pull it up on the screen just yet. You see, some of the people that were there in the land of Egypt who were gathered around, they stopped remembering. They stopped remembering the testimony of Joseph, the testimony of Joseph Bones. They stopped remembering that God would visit them and bring them out. Because when Moses came and there wasn't success, immediately they turned on, on Moses. Because you see, most of them had forgotten. They weren't in the remembrance mode. What are those things? Oh, it's some guy named Joseph. Yeah, he, he was believing that God was going to come and get us, but as you can see, God hasn't. You're going to have some of those people there. Some of those people came into the land. And here's the thing. When we stop remembering, just as the children of Israel, some of them stop remembering. When we stop remembering, we begin to be ungrateful. When we stop remembering, we begin to be ungrateful. Put this in your outline for you too. The longer we don't remember, the more ungrateful we become. If, I'm a, if I stop remembering for a day, I become a little bit ungrateful. But if I stop remembering for a year or two, I become a lot more ungrateful. If you think about it with, with the young children, how many times have we seen an ungrateful attitude with young children? Mama, you never let me do what's fun. You never buy me what I want. You never let me... How many times have we heard that from the little kids? Why is that? Because they stop remembering. And what does the mom and dad eventually or jump into right away as soon as they do that? Oh, I never do, huh? What about yesterday? What about the day before that? We, we call the remembrance the last time. We're trying to bring them what? Into remembrance because they've become ungrateful. And so we've known all along, we may not make the, the title, we know all along that the cure for being ungrateful is remembering. So we got to do. I put, uh, I think I put this, this one in your outline. You cannot remember what God or others have done and be ungrateful. 
You cannot remember what God or others have done and be ungrateful. The cure is remembering and it's the vaccine as well. If you will continually remember what God has done for you, you will not be able to be ungrateful. You will not hear the words come out of your mouth, God, I think you forgot about me. God, why don't you ever answer my prayers? Why are you answering so-and-so's prayers? Why is this working for so-and-so? Why is it not working for me? Why do I not have this in my life? Why is this not going this way? See, we become ungrateful because we stop remembering. How many times have we seen people in church testify of a great healing that God has done in their life? Maybe a few months later, a year later, whatever it might be. We hear them talk about, God doesn't heal me. We may remember, wait a minute, wasn't it last year? Well, I thought I was healed. They rationalize it away. See, as soon as I stop remembering, I become ungrateful. Because it's impossible to be ungrateful and remember. It's impossible. We just got ourselves into a place where we have forgotten. So Joseph tries to put the people of Israel in a place they will remember. When they finally get out of the land of Egypt, and they're going across the um, the Red Sea. Guess what some people are doing? Carrying the bones of Joseph. We got a little rotation thing set up. Because now we can't just let them sit there in the camp. They got to follow us. So whenever God gave the issue to go, it wasn't just uh, the ark once it was built. It wasn't just the tabernacle once it was built that had to be moved. It's the bones of Joseph. And certain people were assigned to carry this. Now, you can imagine being one of the ones assigned to carry the bones of Joseph. And maybe you might be saying something like this. Why do we got to carry this guy's bones? Why couldn't he just be buried back in Egypt? I mean, my, my dad was buried back in Egypt. We couldn't be carrying all those guys' bones out of there. That'd be a lot of bones to be carrying out of Egypt. Can you imagine we had to carry everybody's bones out? Why are we carrying this guy's bones out of Egypt? Why is it such a big deal? See, we become ungrateful as soon as we start forgetting and not remembering. But I'm sure that the people that they got to carry the bones of Joseph were people that were remembering. And they carried them. And they were thinking this and this is getting heavy. Yeah, but you remember? How many times did we go up to this, this monument? How many times did we go up there and remember the story of Joseph? How many times did it reassure us God is going to visit us? Because there were people of faith in those days. There were the Caleb's, there were the Joshua's, and there were others that had that faith, had that belief. It wasn't just a handful. I made a little side note on this. That you can um, write down, do whatever you want to. Ungratefulness is always a result of forgetfulness. Ungratefulness is always the result of forgetfulness. If I ever find myself being ungrateful in my life, it is because I have forgotten something. If I become ungrateful... For my spouse. What does that mean? I have forgotten something. The point in which I forgot those things about my spouse is the point I became ungrateful for my spouse. We may look at our friends and we may not like some of the friends that we have. We may want more friends, better friends, whatever it might be. But as soon as we do that, we forget what it is that our friends have done. 
for us in the past. We forgot that. And we became remembering times that they let us down. Times that didn't come through. See, that's where the ungratefulness started. There's so many things we've become ungrateful for. But it all starts because I decided to become forgetful. The Word of God is very big on remembrance. Constantly tells us about writing things down. It was making monuments all the time. They were making holidays or events. They were naming wells after things. They were naming cities after stuff because they wanted to be in remembrance of what had happened. So think on your own life. What kind of things have you become ungrateful for? We can become ungrateful for our job. We can become ungrateful for our cars, our houses. We can become ungrateful for our kids. We can become ungrateful for even the kind of weather that we have. I've talked to people about the the heat. And you all know me. I, I won't complain about the heat. I like the heat. I like the heat. And generally, if I ever hear somebody come over and they complain to me, you know, so we had a repair, a repair guy for something who was coming over and he was talking about how hot it was. I says, yeah, but it's not snowing and there's no ice. You see, I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm remembering about those those kind of things keeps me to be in that keeps me out of being ungrateful we don't want to do that I want to stay thankful I want to stay grateful for these things but over here in 2 Timothy I'm reading from the ESV but understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud arrogant abusive Disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. And it just keeps on going with quite a list there. But this ungrateful attitude is listed. This is going to happen in the end times, the end, the end, end days. People are going to go on this way. Why? Because we will forget. We will become forgetful of all those things that has happened. All the things that God has has brought us through. As soon as we become ungrateful for the country that we have, we have forgotten what God did to make us a country. Sometimes I think we ought to just go back through and, and read those things like the light and the glory and see how involved God was in the founding of our country. We become ungrateful for it. I don't want to become ungrateful for these things. We can become ungrateful for our church brothers and sisters. We can become ungrateful for the things that are available to us. We can become ungrateful for the blessings that God has done because He has done more in the eyes of, in our eyes, for other people. Well, He hasn't blessed me that way. Well, He hasn't given me those things. How am I supposed to be grateful for this when He hasn't given me that? And I'm not remembering what was there. When we got the little kids and they are ungrateful, what does that make you want to do? Does it make you want to bless them? I mean, how many of you want to bless somebody who's ungrateful? They don't appreciate the things that they got. What, is that it? I don't I want this. I don't like this. This is no good. This is junk. That doesn't make us want to go out there and to, and to do anything else. It's the same thing with God. God wants grateful people. We stay in a grateful attitude. We stay in a grateful place. God can do great things for us. But the enemy knows. He knows how to pull us down. And if he can get you to forget or they can get you to look back on the things that God has done and not count them as so great as so important if he can get you to 
even despise what was there. He changed things. Remember then Sunday morning how much Jehoiada had helped the king get into place, helped him preserve his life. But see, eventually people came along who helped him forget about those things and he became ungrateful and even went and killed his sons. That's what we can do. We are capable of such great, such terrible things. Joseph was putting something in front of people so for the next 400, ended up being 430 years, for the next centuries, his people would have something they could come and gather around and remember what God said. Because if you keep remembering, you stay grateful. See, this is what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. Abraham died. He didn't see the promise. Isaac died. He didn't see the promise. Jacob died. He didn't see the promise. Joseph died. He didn't see the promise. But even when he was dying, he thought back to what God had said and reminded the people. And he says, you take an oath. Don't bury me. Don't bury me until we come to the land. We come to the land that God said He would give us. And don't come, don't just go out there and bury me there. I want you to do it after God has visited us and He has brought us out of this place. And He has taken us into the land that He's promised. When you do that, then you bury my bones out there. So then they did it. Now think about this. Israel... For all those days leading up to the first unsuccessful invasion of Israel. Every day they move, they pick up the bones of Joseph and they carry them along. How many conversations do you think went along this lines? Hey Joe, you didn't think that was going to happen. I remember you said out of your mouth. This is never going to happen. We've been looking at these bones for how many years? My dad looked at him. His dad looked at him. The dad before him. They all looked at him. Nothing's ever changed. Nothing's ever happened. Joe, look what we're doing. We're carrying him to the new land. Shouldn't that get you excited? Every time you're picking them bones up, Joseph said this was going to happen. He said God was going to come and visit us. And when he does, he's going to take you out of this land. He's going to lead you into the new land. And you would think that remembering that would bring them to a place that when they came to the first crossing, that they would say, we are well able to go up and to take the land. But they didn't do it. Simply because they failed to remember. Because they had remembered. And after 430 years, what one man said is now coming about. Here it is. We've been looking at those bones for a long time and here we are carrying them out into the promised land. Wow, this is something else. This is exciting. He saw it because he believed what God said. Let's just believe what God said. But they didn't become grateful and as soon as they heard the report of the spies, it became negative. Despair, let's go back to Egypt. Oh, can you imagine the heart of God? Can you imagine Joseph? Joseph's got to be up there saying, Wait, wait, what? What are you doing? This is going just like I told you it would go. How can you back out now? But they did. Because they became ungrateful. Because they didn't remember. So think back on the, the things that you have. It is so important that we remember. It's not just important that you remember what God did for other people. You've got to remember what did God do for me. Write down what God has done for you. Go over them. 
go over them and over them and over them. And if you have found that you are becoming ungrateful for some aspect of the life of God, something that God has blessed you with, if you find that you are becoming ungrateful, think about this. Somewhere you stop remembering. And it's your forgetting that was the problem. Don't forget. Stay remembering. Go back. Like it was in the in Revelation. Read that uh, that verse again. Revelation two, verse five. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. Remember why it is you became friends with those people. Remember what things they had done, spoke into your life and helped you with. Remember. Don't forget. Because it is so easy for us to forget, especially when we have an enemy who is working on working on you forgetting. He doesn't attack your thankfulness and your gratefulness. He attacks your remembrance. Because if he can stop you from remembering, that will fall off. Father, we thank you for the example of Joseph and the things that he did as he was dying to be a testimony for all the people. He didn't do what he might have been comfortable with, what he might have liked, but he did what was necessary for his people and gave them something to remember for 430 years. They could remember the time. Father, I thank you that we have things that we can think back and we can remember about the people that are in our life, about the blessing that they have been, about the blessing of God in our life, the things He has brought us through. And because of those things we remember, we are grateful and thankful for where we are. We give you the praise and the glory for it. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.